This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, it is a short turnaround to game week 28. So I'm just going to ask very quickly, how are you? Yeah, right. We have like less than 48 hours before the next deadline, but I'm great. I, I felt like I was a little bored earlier today watching <laughs> a couple of nil-nils until suddenly mm-hmm. all of this drama exploded in the Carabao Cup final. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were we were we were bearing witness at the Black Horse Tavern, our, our favorite headquarters. Just a quick shout out to friends of the pod who came and, and watched with us. Andrew Ferber, special shout out to him who came all the way from California. And uh, I love him. He's part of the Goalkeepers Union. And of course, our friends Danny Bean and Alex Martinez were there. And Patreon supporter Jeff DeMasso, who just happened to be in the neighborhood and spotted mm-hmm. us from across the bar and came over and said hello. So it was great to meet you. Meet, meet you, Andrew and Jeff. Yeah, my second everything you said there, Brandon. It was, it was amazing. We, it was, I called us the the uh, Lacazette Appreciation Society. Uh, we were all we all bared witness to his seven points, which seven points from him felt like that was like uh, like it felt like fifty on this game week. You know, to add seven <laughs> points to your total, yes. uh, yeah. it was a brutal game week. Um, you know, we haven't even done rants of the week in a while, but we've got three that were thrown on this week because they're just. There's so many great stories, and especially with the Friday start, a lot of people forgot to set their teams, but it actually helped some people in the end, so it was just a total mess. Regarding Lacazette, it's it's funny to hear you pitch his seven-pointer in terms of a positive. I mean, granted, as you say, it's a very low-scoring week. The typical reaction to that Lacazette performance from an FPL manager was, dude, you could have scored like four or five goals. See, he had so is, many point-blank shots. Yeah, this is like you and like the Twitter community, but I, I was happy <laughs> with the, with my seven points. Uh, it was it, it still felt like a lot on the game week, and uh, I don't know. It's like, what, like, the, like the second I stopped, like – Celebrating like a goal and a bonus point is like the, the like that's what I'm, I'm playing too much fantasy because like that Good man. A, a seven point return was perfectly in the face of the one pointer from Obama Yang it was uh, it, you know worked out really well so 
Um, yeah, I was going to note quickly the end of that League Cup final was uh, insane, and I was I was just thinking about watching it as watching like I, I felt so much pity for Sorry, the manager, as mm-hmm. a real life man. Like both of us manage people in our regular jobs, which have nothing to do with with you know sports or anything like that. And that's like my like one of the, the, my greatest fears as a manager is like telling someone what to do and then having them like just defiantly like not do it like in the face of me telling them repeatedly and then you're like wait what do i do here like do i do i fire them like what what (laughs) obviously you fire them (laughs) well sure i mean it's not easy to fire somebody you know it's very complicated and you know in tv it's easy people just get fired in real life it is an incredibly complicated thing and of course sorry sorry can't even fire kappa i guess he could not uh you know, start him at midweek. He'll just send him to train with the under 21s for the rest of his life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this after the match of um, s- sorry, the fact that he didn't just walk out onto the pitch and, and grab the, the tiny little keeper and pull him <laughs> there off was the field. A story, there was a story about Rudiger apparently uh, like interceded and like got in front of sorry and stopped him from going over to Kepa. Like what would have happened if Rudiger didn't do that? Like what do you have like throttled him i mean like what, what would have happened i i just I, i'm so sad that we don't know <laughs> i don't know it, it's all very strange i i look forward to all the stories that come out this week about what's going on there i mean the clock mm-hmm. is ticking for for poor sorry he must be booking his sure. flight back to napoli as we speak <laughs> yeah it's uh it was that was that was awful so uh but i guess uh you know and out of that game too came some pretty tricky stuff um you know we'll talk about that later on in the podcast but uh, or talk about more, but um, I mean, Aguero plays 120 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Laporte goes off the pitch. Um, Sonny looks bad, although he'll probably start at midweek. Um, it was it was not a great like I I don't have any fantasy assets right now for from Chelsea or Man City, so that, that worked out like pretty well, I would say. Although I was thinking about bringing in Leroy Sonny, uh, and now I I don't even know like who like what do you, what were your thoughts on on Man City uh, after that game. Yeah, um, they didn't look great against Chelsea, but they have been in really good form recently. They've been playing a lot of matches, and it was the type of performance where I feel like they had expressed enough confidence that they knew they were going to win. And not every match is going to be, you know, three to four goals putting being put past, past the opponent. Right. So even though they had to take it to penalties, I think that they did show enough metal where I didn't lose a lot of faith in them yeah. as a squad. Right. But no, of course not. But I just mean like you know, like because they have this this Wednesday match, right? And you know, there's this quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, do you? I, I I assume you. I mean, you held on to Aguero. I assume you were thinking about captaining him at West Ham. I mean, is that that's got to be at least. Sure. The, now, right? the Matt Pinfield MTV special 120 <laughs> minutes is not great for an Aguero midweek captaincy. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. For all you old people out there. Um, Jesus, uh, he we don't know a lot about him right now other than he could potentially be available midweek. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, does he come right back in just to give Aguero a breather? And Aguero still looked fresh and um uh, he he was laughing and having a great time with that trophy and uh, la- having a fun time laughing at Keppo when he he squeezed sure. that. I, he absolutely could play. I, I just it does it plant some doubt though, right? It does. It does. And the Sane Sane, I do feel confident that he will play just because, as you say, there are, there are, there is some trouble, some injuries, and mm-hmm. Fernandinho as well. I think the squad is thin enough and Leroy is fit enough that he kind of has to play. Right, he has to start. 
And Laporte, I mean, we don't we don't know, right? But m- most likely, he's not playing uh, midweek. Yeah, that will be. That's probably the one that is uh, the first order of business in terms of injury. And it's if it's a hamstring, as reported for Laporte, he could be out for a couple of weeks. Right. And if I'm thinking of wild carding right after, or if I'm doing the whole free hit thirty two, my team. Uh, my team is going to completely change. So there's not a lot of incentive for me to hang on to Laporte. Right. I mean, my transfer yeah. this week was I immediately dumped Aaron Juan Basaka for Lascelles because I knew if if I was going to miss one or two weeks with AWB, just drop him now and bring in a game week 31 player. <laughs> yeah. So Laporte, I mean, not seeing Trent play uh, against Manchester United um, is interesting. I imagine he will play midweek and we can reassess then, but I like the idea of, Laporte to Trent for my third Liverpool player. For yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend Trent right now. I, I just worry that he's not uh, that he's in an in-out starter. If, he, if he's not starting in a, a match this big, uh, it just feels like he's not necessarily locked in, you know, to play you know, twice in three game weeks or anything like yeah. that. So, um, yeah. so yeah. Let, well, the, talk- more, the more interesting thing for me is the all the Chelsea assets that may right. come back into our thinking, particularly if Sarri ends up getting the sack, because we all know Chelsea love love life after a manager is sacked. Uh, does Hazard suddenly <laughs> explode for a bunch of points once Sarri is gone? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, will Sarri leave, though? I mean, who knows? He, he actually handled the situation really well in the press conference afterwards, so... Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it seems, it seems likely that he'll leave at some point. Will it be before what I would, ideally I would want it to happen before this upcoming weekend. Um, yeah. cause I would like to move Lacazette to Higuain before the Fulham match, but I don't know if I can quite have the confidence to do it. Um, as long as, as long as sorry, still there. So, um, you yeah, can play it as well as one. you want in the press conference, Josh. Nobody watches press conferences. Like if you compare the number of people watching that meltdown happening on the sidewalk, uh, the sideline <laughs> yeah. to the number of people who care about these press conferences, True. the optics are just insanely bad <laughs> for Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. So one well, of them, one of them is going to have to fall on their sword here. All right. So we know that things are very up in the air with both clubs right now. Uh, it was not, it was not a good situation. If you have their assets or you're thinking about bringing them in, um, it kind of makes me just inclined to not just, I'm just, I think I might just go one, one game week without anyone from Man City and just sort of cross my fingers and hope that it doesn't come back to hurt me because I just don't like, you know, and even I was thinking about Sun to Sané as a move this game week, but mm-hmm. I, I worry about that now too, because um, I mean, Chelsea just played 120 minutes, you know, Sorry, never rotates. So, I mean, you kind of kind of think that Spurs could do something in that game now, you know, in, in the Chelsea match. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then and then a home fixture, you know, for you know, the North London Derby is this weekend. I'd love to have Sun for that, too. So uh, Sun may earn a, a stay of execution for, for a little while longer. Um, do you want to talk quick? You know, I'm, I'm conscious of the new game week starting in a couple of days. So I don't want to spend too long talking about game week 27. But let's just do a quick recap of how uh, both of us did. All right, I'll give you the highlights of uh, Team A Bad Year for Kids, Brandon's squad. I made one transfer. It was AWB out for LaSalle's, as I mentioned. I I was missing three key players this week, Son, Felipe Anderson, and an Arsenal striker, and I decided to sidestep all of them and risk it. And uh, I, I feel like I dodged a bullet. Ended up with 43 mm-hmm. points. Um uh, thanks to LaSalle's clean sheet and uh, small green arrow up about 1200 points. Feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, I would, I would feel pretty good about that too. Um, I mean, that's, is that your, that's three green arrows in a row for you, right? 
Uh, let's see. What was my game week history? Yeah, three in a row. So uh, go back to uh, game week 24, and I was uh, 20,821 in the world. And, you know, I've crept up almost a whole 3,000 spots with three <laughs> green arrows. It's, t- it's tough up here. Yep. Yeah, for, that, for sure. Um, I, I finished on uh, I, I finished on 44 points, but uh, that was with a four-point hit. I had an eye towards – my, my thinking was basically that I was going to eventually take a four-point hit anyway um, to try to bring in more Game Week 31 players. I, I have fully committed to the Game Week 31, Game Week 33, load up on the crummy players approach, uh, and, um, and then free hit chip in, in Game Week 32. And, I mean, we obviously saw the downside here, right? I mean, Felipe Anderson had like he touched the ball about four times in the game. Yeah, uh, James Madison did nothing. Perea got zero points. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like we'll see if it, like it ever works out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I did at least bring in Anderson. And the, what was in, what sort of worked out well for me there was um, I decided to gamble again and bring in Lacazette instead of Aubameyang. Now I don't see Lacazette as as good a fantasy asset as Aubameyang. But when I was thinking long term about sort of how I was going to distribute my money, um, I I wanted I I wanted some I basically wanted to hold on to hold on to Richarlison because um, I wanted to hold on to him for for thirty one and thirty three. So um, I have this kind of funky lineup right now where I've got five across the middle, and then I'm just going to rotate Anderson and Richarlison like depending on their game weeks over the next couple of weeks uh-huh. um, until until game week 31 rolls around. And then uh, I will I will happily dump them uh, after game week 33, both of them. And like Felipe Anderson, like, ugh, we'll talk about him in a minute. But that was just <laughs> – Oh, boy. What a dis- – like, did you watch any of that game? I mean, it was I like, did. He he was invisible. I, I, I totally yeah. know what you mean. And, it, yeah, he is a tricky one, but I, he does still seem like the most appealing uh, midfield asset. Lanzini coming back into the squad – you would assume that Snodgrass is more of a concern, even though Snodgrass had the better game of all the Midwest and midfielders. <clears throat> yeah. It's just, you know, I, it, it, you know, sometimes you just get your head like locked into a transfer and it's like you can't yeah. listen to reason, you know? And it was like, I mean, look, I'm looking at his, his returns going back to game week 20. You know, it's two points, two points. It's it was two two three two two eight two two, right? He's done yeah. nothing. He has one assist in the last eight game weeks. But you know, in my head, it was I need him. He is going to deliver at Fulham. Like nothing will talk me out of this. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it just it is what it is. I mean, I had you know, I captain Sun this game week, and so I feel you know, I ended up in a very small red arrow. I'm down to uh, two thousand eight hundred forty three overall. So I think I only dropped like. 190 spots or something like that. So I'm yeah. um, not going to complain about that at all. Um, I felt like perfectly happy to tread water. And I, especially on a, you know, with the captain fail and a four point hit, um, it feels like I, I sort of like I got away with murder a little bit. And Trent Alexander Arnold didn't play either. So I had 10 players this game week. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing was Obama Yang um, not starting and only coming on for like 13 minutes. I mean, um, to have a good season, you need some luck, and him not play, him him playing for 13 minutes and getting one point doubled was uh, was hugely lucky for all of us who didn't have Aubameyang, and obviously really bad luck for anybody uh, who did. Uh, Brandon, quickly, the uh, always I, I don't I, I don't need to keep saying quickly, right? But we're moving at like a normal steady pace here, so I, uh, I'm having trouble keeping up at this point. But go on, <laughs> uh, the always cheating Super League, Brandon. I'm going to run through the top ten of the of the Super League. All right? Yes, let's go. 
All right. Uh, I got a tie for 10th. It's The Crazy Gang uh, and Kaldafas. Uh, in ninth place, we have Back to Office. Uh, wait, should we read off the names of the people or their team names? Yeah, That's, uh, I think go the names. Let's go the per- with add the personal touch, Josh. That's okay. what people really come for. All right, fine, fine. All right, Sir Ido Nigren is, in, is tied for 10th with Adni Kaldafas. Uh, Stian Sorabo is in ninth. Uh, Christer Lando, ooh, Landro, not Lando, they're not like a Star Wars thing, uh, <laughs> is in eighth. Uh, Miroslav Pujic is in seventh. Uh, Joseph uh, Switalski is in sixth. Alexander Arkhipov in fifth. Jason Mann in fourth. Kalon Hewitt is in third. That's a new entry, Brandon. Welcome, Welcome Kalon, Kalon Hewitt. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Shannon is in second, uh, Nacho Macho Man. And no transfer lane, Matty Fossum is in first. Uh, Matty Fossum is 55th overall. So congrats to Matty and everyone in the top 10. And I will skip right to our Patreon shoutouts, Josh. Hurry, so, Brandon, hurry. <laughs> quickly now. Uh, so uh, quick, th- quick thank you to our new Patreon supporters at the Volkswagen level. It's Roar Jorstad. Lord Sorloth level, we have Charlotte Gage. And at the Emikani tier, Magnus Rothbacken, El Ravel, Oli Christian, Greg Sacker, Braden, Braden Tijenfeld. Sorry for these pronunciations. This is amazing. You did so well with the always cheating Super mm-hmm. League, Josh. Now here right. I am so butchering I these confidence. names. <laughs> also at the Embakani tier, Gordon Milne, Jonathan DeSimone, and when Harry met Ali. Thanks to our new Patreons. If you'd like to check out how you can support what Josh and I do here at the podcast, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Of course, the newest feature is our kitchen table sessions. If you become a Patreon supporter, you get a special supporters only podcast feed in which you get not just one podcast a week, you get two podcasts a week. So uh, at the end of each week, either Josh or I sit down at our kitchen table, record our thoughts ahead of the game week deadline, of course, like after this week, uh, whoever does the KTS episode will talk about how they did midweek. Take some Q&A questions from our Patreon supporters. Uh, it's a great feature. And uh, we also offer entry to our Slack chat forum, T-shirts, all sorts of bells and whistles. So, again, visit patreon.com slash always cheating for more info. All right. And Brandon, we haven't done the rants of the week for a while. And sometimes they're too depressing and I, I don't like to read them because uh, I think they're just going to bummer everybody out. But we have some we have some high quality ones this game week. So I'm just going to run through these uh, again. Quickly. Do it quickly, Josh. That's that's my watchword today. <laughs> uh, the dark, the dork lord says my mini league rival, Captain Rondon. I Captain Abba. Have I said enough? Mm, now, Brandon, said too much, a, it's a bit of a rant, but I like the economy of words in that, in mm. that right? Three crisp sentences. That is, that's tight, it was. You know? It was as if Ian McEwen himself wrote that rant. Uh, Henry Chung says, if my mini league rival has Delafeu, Rondon, Shar, and Captain Lacazette, as well as Robertson and Van Dyke, is this considered cheating? To whom <laughs> should I report him? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I think your rival is always cheating. In fact, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he's the namesake for the pod. Yep. Yeah, yeah, on brand. Hack the game. <laughs> one uh, more rant fa- here, Josh. One more rant here is from Connor Foth Azam. He says, "Despair and anguish in its most pure and concentrated form is thinking you, Captain Jimenez." bragging about it to your mini league mates and then swiftly realizing that you actually gave the <laughs> armband to Anderson inexplicably. 
that is, uh, I have done, I remember I did that last year. I do you remember when I, 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 I thought I'd captain Kane and I actually captain Lukaku and I celebrated Kane's goal. And I was like, <laughs> I went to look at points <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't and remember I like, it, but I love this I was, story. I was seriously like, was I hacked? Like what, what happened here? So <laughs> that's a true story. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So uh, what we're going to talk about in this episode, uh, Josh, I'm reading your notes here. We're going to talk mm-hmm. uh, first about game weeks, 31 and 33, just going to run down the list of potential, you know, binnable players that we might have to pick up uh, mm-hmm. to play in these blank game weeks 31 and 33 and then we've got a quick lightning round before we preview uh the midweek fixtures for game week 28 yep you got it exactly i know a lot of managers are starting to look ahead um i mean you know obviously game week 31 and 33 are still you know three game weeks away but you know most of us um you know because you know 10 teams don't play in game week 31 um you know a lot of us are really trying to gear our transfers around players who uh you know you won't have to bench basically in a couple of game weeks so um we tried to pick out some players who we thought had some uh appeal and um you know let's take a break and we'll get right into it Brandon, we're back. We today are looking at players to buy on teams we don't like. All right. There are a lot of <laughs> crap teams that play in Game Week 31 and 33. Now, we don't know exactly who is going to play in Game Week 33 because um, that will it'll, it'll depend, um, you know, based on, you know, who wins the, um, the quarterfinal round of the FA Cup. But based on the matchups, I think we we have a, a, like a fair sense. Um, yeah. But just, you know, just to keep things a little cleaner on the pod. We're just going to talk about teams that that don't blank in game week 31 for this podcast. So the list of teams that don't blank in game week 31, you got a couple that are decent, right? You got Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, and even Chelsea is like a little shaky right now. They sure uh, are, and, yeah. and then you've got Burnley, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Leicester, West Ham, Everton, Hutter, uh, Huddersfield, and Fulham. Right, Huddersfield hmm. and Fulham. We don't, we're not even talking about in this podcast. It's, hard it's like they, it's like they don't exist. Like there is nobody, <laughs> there's nobody that I would recommend all the way through that team. Right, goalkeeper, defenders, yeah. midfielders, forwards. I don't, I don't want you to have a single player from either of those two <laughs> teams. I mean, you've got, I mean, your boy, Phil, you know, I mean, you love Billing, of course. I mean, Phil you know, Billing. Uh, I mean, he came through with one point when I needed it most this week, so I, I do duck my cat to him. Uh, I like the way you set up this running order here, Josh. And uh, for game week 31, we're going to talk about 31 different players that you might consider bringing in for that game week. And for game week 33, uh, we've got 33 different players that you (laughs) might consider. Different players. It's actually, it's 64 players. It's an an NCAA tournament bracket worth of players (laughs) to talk about. So this might be a long episode. I'm not sure. We'll see how quickly we could do this. Uh, But should we we talk about goalkeepers first who we're thinking of bringing in for these blanks? Yeah. Exactly. So Brady was just kidding for the record. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're gonna move through just some keepers, defenders, midfielders, and forwards. These are players that um, we just wanted to kind of cover all of the different spots. It was actually this was inspired by um, uh, Fantasian PL Ian on Twitter. So credit where it's due. Um, he uh, inspired us to to inspired me to to put this together as a running order. So uh, keepers, Brandon. Um, it's a you got like a little bit of everything, right? You've yeah. got you've got Heaton. Uh, okay, there there are four that I thought were like potential keepers that I would look at for thirty one and thirty three. Um, you have Heaton, Schmeichel, Allison, and Dubrovka, okay. right? And the issue with 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 
two of these four, maybe three of them actually, is that they're they're too expensive. Debraca should be four point five million. I have no. It is inexplicable that he is five million. <laughs> it makes no sense. Why yep. is he five? Why is he five? Every other defender on that team is four point five, except for definitely a miscommunication at FPL Towers on that one preseason. Yeah, he had like two good games in the end of last season, and suddenly he was five million. Uh, Tom Heaton is too expensive, I think, too. I mean, he's down to four point eight because he started at five, but. Um, even at four eight, it feels like almost too much for him. Yeah, right. Um, Allison is, um, you know, I think the the one keeper that you. I mean, he had a good game today for sure. Um, he's the one, but you know, but obviously he's the hardest player to bring in. You know, right. but I don't think people have talked enough about Allison as your as a third Liverpool player. Right? We know mm-hmm. that Liverpool play in thirty one and thirty three. Um, you know, they have decent fixtures in both of them, right? And they have very good fixtures, in fact. They play Fulham and, and Southampton in those two matches. So yeah. you really want to be tripled up. And if I were just wild carding right now, I would not have Trent Alexander-Arnold. I would have uh, I would have Robertson, I would have Salah, and I would have um, I would have Allison. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about Salah later, but um, is that is that the three that you would have, too, if you were just well, starting with the wild card? There's one missing oh, – well, yeah, okay, for, for Liverpool – yeah, the the question there is Sadio Mane. Do you right. go hard with attack for for uh, right. Liverpool, given that they have these really plum fixtures? Right. Is there more chance that you're going to get a big haul with attack as yeah. opposed to just a clean sheet from Allison? I could be I could be biased because he was so garbage today, but um, Sadio yeah, Mane, Sadio Mane, yeah. yeah, of course. So the one the one uh, goalkeeper missing from this list here is Fabianski for West Ham, of course, and he has He's Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. He was he was considered and rejected. Uh, that that's interesting. I like him. I mean, they have City midweek, but then after that, it's Newcastle, Cardiff, Huddersfield uh, in the blank. And I think that's a really decent run for a right. four point seven goalkeeper. But I mean, he has he has one clean sheet in the last ten game weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I, I mean, I, I get that he's getting three points in a lot of those games, but it's just like you know, I mean, I guess if it's just if it's just a one week punt. Fair enough, yeah, but yeah. he's that defense is very bad. It it just is like it's just they have mis- like tons of mistakes in them, and and I mean Zabaleta plays too much still. I I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I would uh, I would I would recommend going a little more expensive here. What do you think about Schmeichel? I mean, is that like I mean, obviously they just conceded four at home. To yeah, Palace, don't, but... don't 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 talk to me about how poor West Ham's defense and then come back to me with Leicester City. I, yeah. I don't even understand what's going on. Um, <laughs> well, FBL, FBL Waterlooser asked if there are if any Leicester assets are more attractive or less attractive now that Puel is gone. I, I do wonder if maybe the defense is a little more attractive. I don't know. You know, it's it's, 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 a, it's a tricky one. Yeah. So the, the goalkeepers do go hand in hand for me with defense, particularly talking about these uh, bottom of the table teams, because I want to spread the risk around. And um, if I'm thinking about Leicester, I like the pl- I like I don't want to double up on defensive assets, whether it's goalkeeper or defender. So basically, if I'm looking at Leicester, I only want a defender. And there are, I think, a number of interesting attacking prospects there. And mm-hmm. you've got notes here on on Chilwell and Pereira. Maguire, you could also add to that conversation because of his set set piece threat. Uh, and and the same would, I guess, go for Newcastle. Uh, Dubrovka is an interesting goalkeeper, but I don't think I would want to double up with mm-hmm. the Newcastle defense. And if you're eyeing up Lascelles or Yedlin or Shar, these players that that could potentially get you attacking returns. That's where right. that's that's how I do land with Fabianski for my goalkeeper, and that 
I do agree with you. West Ham's defense isn't great, mostly because I don't see any attacking returns coming from them. Right. So you you are going to be without a keeper as as we as we you know pod right now. You you will not have a keeper in thirty one. Probably won't have one in thirty three either. Do you? Um, is that a concern? Like, would you consider just going without a keeper in game week thirty one? No, I fully intend to get a keeper in at some point. Uh, I like uh, so I have Patricio and Matt Ryan right now, and I think mm-hmm. the uh, Wolves matchup with Huddersfield midweek is great. I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about this transfer until at least game week twenty nine. But the plan is definitely to bring in probably uh, probably for Patricio and leave Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan potentially will have a double depending on when I actually wild card. So mm-hmm. I think he's worth hanging on to in the short term for that reason. So yeah, Patricia out, new goalkeeper in. Yeah, I I lean towards Heaton. I have to say of this lot, especially because I don't, I don't think I'll bring in a new keeper until game week thirty one, uh, and then once you do that, you have Burnley play, Leicester at home, uh, Wolves away, uh, Bournemouth away. Or, excuse me, Leicester and Wolves at home for game week thirty one, thirty two, uh, Bournemouth away, and then Cardiff at home uh, in thirty four. Now you probably won't have them in thirty two if you're free hitting, but um, regardless, you know, I mean, you might, yeah. might, you might hold on to him. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a really nice run of, uh, you know, through several game weeks and then, you know, right around 34, 35, you're going to wild card anyway. So, um, I don't know. He seems like maybe the safest at 4.8. It's a little more than you want to spend maybe, but, um, again, it's a short term move. So I don't, I don't see the price being as big of a concern. Yeah, I don't either. I, 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 I do really like Heaton in this position too. I think it, for me, it comes down to Heaton, Allison and yes, Fabianski. Okay, fair, fair enough. We will agree to disagree on Fabianski. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. So, uh, you know, defenders, we're talking about, you know, kind of the same pool of players a little bit, although I think we can add a couple more in here. So, um, you know, for defenders, you have, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, Pereira and, and Chilwell, um, you know, Johnny Evans at 4.8 million. Um, I, what about the Chelsea? Um, I mean, would you, would you consider David Luiz or Azpilicueta? Um, It's kind of hard to recommend Chelsea defenders right now, isn't it? But I mean... It they is. are high quality. I mean, you know, I mean, Aspilicueta is a great player. Uh, Luis is a great player. Yeah. Um, you know, they have some attacking returns in them. Um, the one that so. the one that I'm interested in. Okay, so if if we're thinking that the managerial makeup of Chelsea changes in the short term, that's good news for Marcus Alonso. Right. Well, FPL if it does, darling, yeah, yeah. Marcus Alonso. Yeah. And yes. that would be a guy to target as a big differential because if if they go back to an older Chelsea system, one that works and favors Marcus Alonso, like what a great pickup that would be. Right. But I do think someone's really going to come in and, you know, three quarters of the way through the season and go back to a, a three at the back you know, wing back format. I just I, it seems hard to believe that that would ha- like happen this late in the year. I don't know. I, I I don't find it that hard to believe just because it, you can see that the players really haven't cotton to it. They they just they yeah. don't seem to want to be playing it. And, you know, every every pundit during every freaking match and, you know, midweek podcast is going to talk to you about how Conte is being played in a, a terrible position of the field for him. What is Jorginho doing? Hazard doesn't really seem to have the service that he needs and yeah. so on and so forth. I think that they have the tools. And all these guys are professionals. I think they could seamlessly go back yeah. to an older system. Well, maybe we just have to just table talking about any Chelsea players for a couple of game weeks yeah, until right. it we is know what happens there. It's, it's too, yeah, it's too, it's too 
open speculation. So I think, you know, one of the players that I'm looking at very seriously is a player you already have in your team, which is Jamal Lascelles. Um, I think uh, DeAndre Yedlin, who is, uh, I think he's maybe even 0.1 cheaper than, than LaSalle's, yeah. also totally locked in that team, has a couple of assists in him. LaSalle's, he was, LaSalle's he was actually... He was the hockey assist on both goals, I believe, uh, yeah. yesterday. So yeah, great shot. It's it's great. He's kind of the unsung hero of the of the U.S. men's like 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 top European talent right now. You know, it's yeah. like I, I feel like he doesn't get a lot ton of credit or no. you know, but I mean, he's really solid. You know, he, I mean, he's, he's solid. Yeah. Sometimes it's not yeah. pretty with Yedlin, but he's doing it. Yeah. Let's bring on that 2022 World Cup, man. Let's go. Yeah. The, the cheaters are going to Qatar. Uh, <laughs> We've got our hotel uh, so, already. Have they built our hotel yet? I'm not sure. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Burnley defenders, uh, you know, we talked about Eaton a little bit there. I think Burnley defenders are, there actually are some interesting options there. I mean, you have the the classic, you know, Burnley center back players, but I mean, there are some really cheap, just like like enablers in that team as well. I mean, uh, Charlie Taylor is, mm-hmm. um, you know, young player was like really locked down that spot. I mean, I think he started every single game since game week four of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, they only have five clean sheets in that run. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I really came away. I mean, I watched, you know, all of the um, all of the Burnley Spurs match. I, I came away like uh, feeling better. I mean, obviously Burnley did win, but I just felt in general, like it was like, they like they had solved some problem or something, yeah. you know, it was yeah. like, they like something, something clicked that hadn't been clicking before. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And um, I mean, we can talk more about Burnley when we get to strikers, but um, Phil Bartsley at 4.2, he's, he's played, let's see how many consecutive starts has he had for Burnley now going back all the way to game week 20. And at 4.2, if you're looking just to shoehorn in, uh, maybe in place of yep. AWB, someone who does play in, a, in the blank, uh, you know, it's low risk there. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. It's funny how Stephen Ward is just like done. I don't know. I don't know if he was injured for a while or not, but Stephen Ward was like the man a couple was, of years ago. He <laughs> was, yeah. I think last, last <laughs> season he had a really bad injury that took him out for like half okay. the season. And I think that there was yeah. just no way back for him after I think he's, that. Yeah, he might be. I think he's like 33 or 34 too. So a bit, bit, bit old for a fullback. Um, so, Brian, let's move on to the midfield. Uh, we have a few questions here. Um, FPL Stag says, uh, I brought in Fando. I don't know if I like Fando. No. You know how I am about portmanteaus, Brian. I'm not a fan. You're very bad about that. So Fando, I believe, is Felipe Anderson. I don't keep up on the on the slang, you know, the kids use Brandon. But uh, you haven't used Fando to buy so, movie, movie tickets recently? Just lamenting in my head as I said that how old I sounded. Mm. Um so uh FBL Stag says I brought in Fando for game week twenty seven. Should I now sell Fando out of petulance? I gotta say, I felt like my finger was hovering over the trigger wow. <laughs> to transfer him out after that Friday match. I mean, it was just, it was like you couldn't even believe that he would ever get you anything <laughs> from a fantasy perspective. It was like it might as well have been like the most deep line. It's not that he was playing like a deep line midfield. It was just he felt so peripheral to that game. Yeah. I, you know, I heard that the um, the Brazil national team manager was there, and maybe there was some. You know, uh, maybe he was in his he's head nervous. or something. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was nerves, or maybe he was just you know. For some, it was like the um, uh, what's it was the Snodgrass show. It was like everywhere I looked, it was like <laughs> Snodgrass is jumping passes. And yeah, our friend like, Guy yeah. Edwell was having the time of his life watching that match. <laughs> yeah. So it was just uh, yeah, I don't know why, for some, but yeah, it was like. Whatever I wanted to get out of Felipe Anderson, someone, some lucky manager was getting out of uh, Robert Snodgrass instead. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted. Well, my, my position would be hold uh, Felipe. Of Anderson. course. Yeah. Yeah. Hold, hold it, of course. The the only bad thing is that the next match is Manchester City, and it'll be hard right. to reevaluate his his worth. Yeah. In that, but match. then but then they have three out of four at home: Newcastle, Cardiff, Huddersfield, and Everton. Yep. Um, you know, so I think that uh, I think he's yeah he's a definite hold. I mean, mm-hmm. that's actually the reason for my funky team was basically I did want to start him away to Man City. Although honestly, I think it's maybe okay now. I mean, now that they played 120 minutes and they don't have Laporte. Um, it would not be shocking if they conceded a goal at home. No, yeah, I don't think so either. All right, next question. Uh, Jeremiah John says, so in hindsight, Anderson or Madison? Oh, well, I, it, it ended up not mattering this mm-hmm. game week, I guess. Uh, Madison I, is the new Dusan Tadic, right? I think that's it's so clear now. Yeah. I, st- I, I made my bold statement this weekend saying that Tom Kearney is better than <laughs> the James Madison. Wow. Um, yeah. uh, uh, so that's how I kind of feel about James Madison. Leicester's fixtures remain tremendous at home, mm-hmm. Brighton, Way Watford, at home, Fulham, Burnley, Bournemouth, at Huddersfield, so on and so forth. I don't think yeah. Madison is necessarily a bad pickup, but that Huddersfield home fixture in 31 just seems so appealing to me. And as mm-hmm. you mentioned, the fixtures in the short term for West Ham are decent enough for me to still believe yeah. you could get something. I just can't believe a player as good as him hasn't scored a goal since game week 15. Like, that's so shocking. And I, I guess he like, you know, if, if they hadn't taken the penalty off him in the, maybe, maybe he, maybe he scores the penalty uh, in that Spurs game. But yeah, I mean, he has two assists in the last uh, 12 game weeks and that's, that's the, you know, in four consecutive blanks. Uh, it's just, it's not happening for him right now. And, uh, but again, new manager. I mean, we don't. You know, at the time of recording, we don't know who is going to be. Um, I, I, have they even announced a caretaker yet? I don't. I feel like that hasn't been. I have uh, formalized. Seen, no, I'm just so, relieved that we can finally stop talking about Claude Puel, the least interesting man in the Premier League. They showed every thirty seconds. They would show him <laughs> doing nothing. It wasn't like he's like Jurgen Klopp over there, like jumping around and like you know holding his crotch looks, and stuff like that. He was just like he's just standing there like in a black suit. <laughs> he's even more boring to watch than Arsene Wenger. So uh, that that is a feat. Uh, well, Arsene Wenger always looked miserable. So there, there was like a certain kind of like if Arsenal were doing poorly as an Arsenal fan, I would I, it, there was a certain satisfaction in seeing him miserable. It's like well, at least he's. At least he's even less happy than I am. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, let's so. let's talk about Madison again next week. I mean, it, sure. It, it's a shame that we have with Chelsea yeah. and now Leicester. We have two teams that are a little bit in flux. But I think it's just but fair I, to I say think we need to revisit. But I think that's a fair. Th- I think that's a. It, I think it's reasonable and fair to say that you just don't know yet. And I think that because of that, it's really hard to recommend players from either team. Yeah. Right? I mean, right, just right. we'll leave it at that for now. You know, I, I don't even think there's like an edge in getting in early on somebody because you just don't know who's going. You know, and often like a new manager comes. It's like Bednarek. You know, it's like a new manager comes in and they tend to have strong ideas about who should be starting and who's not, you know? And it's like, yeah. even someone like Pereira could be, it's doubtful, but like, you know, could be in trouble under new manager. So now you, you were talking yeah. about real life management at the top of the pod. What were the strong ideas you had for your team when you started your, your job that you currently have? I was just going to run everything through Mark Albrighton. I was going to hire him into my job, <laughs> wow. run everything through him. All the filing, like all the photocopies, Mark, you're on it. <laughs> Uh, Finn Olaf Haga says, is there any better sub 5 million alternatives for game week 28 and 33 than McNeil? Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and answer and say no. 
There are no, there are no better sub five million dollars. Do you disagree? Uh. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I'm going to I have to go so far as to look for like Ashley Westwood on Burnley, who has had oh. who has six assists on the season. He's four point six. And Come on. I, I know I know it's it's like scraping the bottom of the barrel. And, and the other guy that um, became kind of more interesting to me after watching the Newcastle uh, Huddersfield match was Isaac Hayden. And mm, he was like, pretty. He was pretty active in the attack, and he is only priced at four point three. I mean, here's a here's another player where if you know if you're looking to prep for the blanks, but you don't want to move out really valuable assets for for like a mid price guy, Isaac Hayden yeah. looks like he could be nailed for a start, and he's very cheap. That's true. Yeah, goal and three assists in his last five. I didn't realize he'd done quite that well. That's really yeah, one point three percent ownership too. Um, but I, I still I think McNeil is still the pick. Um, he kind of feels like it's almost like a young Ryan Fraser or something. You know, it's mm-hmm. like kind of corners and yep. yeah, it's just yeah, very tempting. And I think he will be in my squad at some point before the season's over. Um, he's more expensive than five million, but I just wanted to give a quick shout out for Harvey Barnes. Uh, five, he's five point my five point five million. Um, has four starts in his last six uh, for Leicester. Um, had an assistant game week twenty seven. I think the concern there is we just yeah, I don't want to. Beat a, beat a dead horse here, but you know, again, does he continue to start under new manager at Leicester? Um, yeah. I think he does based on his performances, but I guess there has to be some seed of doubt now. Yeah, he's looked he's looked decent, but five point five is quite extravagant for him. I could see him working in my team at five point oh. Yeah. That's my hesitation. All right, one last midfielder, Brandon. MLS Beer Club says, is Almiron a choice until the end of the season? He seems like an energizer bunny. He looked he looked months. phenomenal this weekend. Uh, sorry, I just talked over you saying that he is priced at six million. Uh, no, go let, ahead. Let that not go unsaid. But he looked uh, he looked electric, and I mean, had he had he not put that chipped shot onto the post and actually put it into the goal, um, yeah, I mean, he he'd be the huge one of the huge talking points of the weekend. But I, I love him. Yeah, I, I I feel the kind of the same way, you know, I mean, especially like if you're looking for a, like a, you know, a, a differential, if you're looking for somebody that nobody else has, I'm 0.6% ownership overall. I mean, people may be talking about him on Twitter and places, but nobody has him. Yeah. And, you know, a super, super low ownership, uh, you know, Newcastle play Burnley, Everton, West Ham, Bournemouth in the next four. I mean, all four of those are good fixtures. Um, very tempting to, to look at him, you know, only a 6 million, um, which is a little pricey, but, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, I think he's, you know, the, there's a lot of faith, I think, even from the the fantasy game itself, I guess, that he is, uh, you know, a player who can deliver. I mean, the big concern for me is just that I don't trust the Newcastle attack. Yeah. You know, I just yep. don't have a lot of faith in it. If, if it um, is is clicking, Almiron is just playing so far forward and it looked like he was, he already had a lot of ideas uh, in terms of um, playing one twos with Perez and linking yeah. up with Rondon. He looks like he's, he's, he's has these creative attacking ideas. And if that's all happening in the box, the, even the chances of then Rondon becoming more productive are interesting. That's true, actually. That's that's interesting. So speaking of Rondon, let's get on to the forwards. Uh, yeah, so forwards for the next few game weeks. Um, I think, you know, Rondon is definitely a contender. I have been Rondon resistant. Okay. Um I I did I mean just because I just, you know, when he was at New or at at West Brom, he just wasn't he wasn't that great. You know, I mean he yeah. was okay. 
Um, but you know, he had declining goals every season, you know, but he's already, you know, with, with, you know, 11 game weeks to go, he's already matched the number of goals he scored last season, um, and has more assists already. So, um, you know, it's just been very solid and steady all year long, which is kind of exactly what you want from a, you know, 5.8% player. I mean, maybe I just haven't really considered him because I have Jimenez, who's kind of like a better version of him. Yeah. So, you know, um, well, I don't now, know. I mean, now we have another about? problem to solve, which is Marcus Rashford. I mean, I don't know right. how long-term this ankle tweak is, but Rashford to Rondon could be a very popular transfer this week. Yeah. Ankle swollen like a balloon. According to, <laughs> but how according big is that balloon? We yeah. just don't know. Exactly. A little like a, like a little water balloon, like in a park. Yeah, like one of those not, balloons that you, uh, you you bend into animals or whatnot. They, they look like, <laughs> like athletic legs, I suppose. Yep, yep. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm probably going to hold Rashford, I think, for at least, at least one game week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, are you thinking about dropping him already? I really am, but I'm scared because... He was just he's he's just been so good and United's form has been so good and they're you know, they, they do have these blanks, but the fixtures that they do have remain remain decent. And if he is yeah. fit again for Southampton at the weekend, you would want you would you would need almost need to have Rashford for that match. So I'm scared to dump him. I, I realize what I'd be missing. Yeah, it's 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 a definite gamble. Um, maybe we, we you know maybe we'll know more before the Tuesday deadline. Um, I mean that, that's really the the problem with the, you know, even a minor injury when you've got game weeks at midweek and then again at the weekend. Um, you know, uh, you know if he's out for a you know week and a half or two weeks, then suddenly you're you're you're, you're three game weeks down. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the players. So, but he did. I mean, you know, he did tough it out. He didn't yeah. play the full ninety. So yeah. I was just thinking um, the same thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's kind of like driving your car around with a flat. You're like, yeah, I'll fix it eventually. So <laughs> exactly. let, me just, let me just get home. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the best guess would probably be that he gets a rest midweek and that he's he's good to go on the weekend. I think that's plausible. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's uh, yeah, that seems plausible to me, too. But I, hopefully we'll know more in the next couple. All of right. Days. Let's talk about the Austrian legend, the other Barnes, not Harvey. It's Ashley Barnes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5.6. Yeah. He wait, is Ashley Barnes Austrian? He is. Yeah. Well, well, yes, I am deadly serious. I thought he was English. I didn't know he was Austrian. <laughs> no, I don't think so, Brandon. He was born in Bath, England. But he plays for the Austrian Ashley national Barnes. team. Well, he played for Austrian under 20. But he was he was born in Bath. <laughs> well, listen, I go. I, I judge my. I came ju- up through Plymouth Argyle, Brandon, <laughs> Oxford United, Salisbury City. You get, you get capped by the Austrian under twenty ones, and you're you're Austrian to me. So uh, you know that I I, okay. I, I, I watch more uh, unders uh, on U okay, sixteen World the mystery, Cup. Mystery. Mystery, mystery result here. He was born in Bath to English parents, but he would qualify to represent Austria courtesy of his paternal grandmother, who is from Klagenfurt, of course. <laughs> um, and he, so he could acquire Austrian citizenship if he wanted to. I love um, this. So we learned a, we learned a little something about Ashley Barnes today. <laughs> what we what we've also learned this season is that last season wasn't a fluke. He is a late season wunderkind, uh, to use yeah. an Austrian expression. Um, yeah. Uh, 5.6. If you were to compare Ashley Barnes to Chris Wood, is it a no-brainer? You go Ashley Barnes. 
Uh, given current form, I would. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have, we have, he's like one of those players who we just haven't, um, talked about nearly enough this season. Uh, we talked about a lot at the end of last season. You, you like ran, I feel like you had like a really nice run at the end of last season with Ashley Barnes. I did. Um, I did. And it was right around this, this time. So, um, and four and four, that's just in insane form. That's, that's Rashford-esque form. The, but he's a fun I, player to watch too. He's like a, he's like a player you want in your team. You know, he's just like he's plays a lot of energy, like a lot of desire, fire. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. yeah. So okay, so we've got this lineup of uh, affordable strikers right now. So currently, we're all probably on or close to Jimenez and Rashford and a premium yep. striker. If yep. if you're if you're saying you've got Rashford and Jimenez, do we? Who do we want uh, of this lot? When you're talking about Barnes and Rondon uh, and and Chris Wood and, and a few of these other guys, yeah, who's the priority? I, mean, them, I don't know. Yeah, probably Rondon. I guess. I mean, you kind of sold me on the Almiron thing a little bit, like just as like Almiron will free up some more space for Rondon. Obviously, Rondon had a great game, um, and they have good fixtures, and they seem like they've. They just. It seems like the team has rediscovered some some form, you know. So, I would. Yeah, I would go Rondon first. Um, and then Barnes, and then um, I, I like the Bournemouth forwards beginning in game week thirty as well. Especially if Callum Wilson comes back. I mean, I guess I don't really know where we are with that. I don't like. I think it was like a month, but so we'll see. I mean, but you know, there, there's a really nice run for the Bournemouth closed the season. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at game weeks thirty through thirty five right now. It's Huddersfield, Newcastle, Leicester, Burnley, Brighton, and Fulham. Yeah, um, some spectacular matches, and uh, it would be great to have a piece of that team. Uh, possibly David Brooks when he comes back. Yeah, and the latest predictions from Ben Dinnery's uh, injury site is that uh, both Kellen Wilson and David Brooks are meant to be back for game week 30. Okay, great. So, so it could we'll be a good see. time. I mean, I, I, yeah, exactly. Then you worry, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, sometimes they get worked in slowly. But even Josh King, I think, is uh, perfectly reasonable. Have you, if I if I have Josh King as one of my starting strikers in game week 31 at home to Newcastle, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. All right, we have a few more questions to round out this blank game week 31 chat. This is from Matt Seward, who asks, with the Kepa debacle seemingly sounding the end of sorry, how concerned would you be about acquiring Chelsea assets with the blank game weeks in mind? Yeah, I think we both we talked about this a fair amount already. I think I think pretty concerned. Um, not so concerned that I won't do it, but it would. I I really don't want more than maybe one player now from that team. Like I I don't plan on rearranging my team to bring in Eden Hazard at yeah, the moment. Right. You know. All right, we've gone this long without really talking about Liverpool. So Delhi for Heisman asks, after four underperforming weeks from Salah, is it time to start questioning how much money we have tied up in him? Or is the template just too strong not to have him? So I think we can talk about, one, where are we with Salah right now? And two, where are we with Liverpool, which which we've kind of touched on. You're looking at double defense and Mo for 31. I I am not quite sold on that. I would consider... Sala and Mane just for the attacking output for the blank. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great situation, um, but it's not, it feels like it's not a priority for me right now. You know, I mean, he's a great player and it's, it stinks that, you know, I mean, I mean, he scored last game week. It's not like he's on, on this like epic run of blanks, you know, but um, you know, but for him, I mean, to, for him to go goalless in three out of four matches is, is a, you know, a really long, 
losing streak. I mean, they're about to play Watford at home. I mean, you can't. What? How many points did he score in Watford last year? He scored four goals. Blankets, yeah. Scored four goals. Uh, you know, they play Everton away in gaming twenty nine. Everton don't play particularly good defense. Then they play Burnley at home in gaming thirty. And even an improving Burnley aren't keeping a lot of clean sheets. So, um, and then Fulham away in thirty one. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like if I, if I brought him out, I'd want to bring him right back in. Yeah. You know, so yeah. uh, that's that's really the issue. Yeah, the, that Fulham fixture in 31, it, it cannot be overstated how much Fulham are in free fall right now. And I mean, I, I've, I've said it on the last couple of podcasts, the possibility of a tri- triple captain on Salah in that match. Yeah, I, I still don't like to do it in a single game week. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it does make sense. And, you know, assuming that like I'm not sure exactly how the Champions League matches work out, you know, work yeah. out around that time. But um, I think that's – is that right? That's Okay, it's right before um, the international break. So, you, yeah, you would expect them to play in that match. Um, but, you know, there there is like a definite trap sometimes about holding on to a player too long because you want to have him for one game week yep. if it's like mm-hmm. three down the line. But I just think in this case it's just not a huge priority. And I, I, I just – I think we have a season and a half of evidence now to – to conclude, even with even with Firmino out, which which is also a little bit of a concern, um, but that also means that Salah is probably more locked into starting, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, you're not going to go without Firmino and Salah with yeah. them starting in your team, and he may have to play a little more central. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, if Sturridge plays, then he probably actually will play less centrally, but um, maybe that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. You, it's it's confusing, Josh. It's very confusing. <laughs> it is. All right, Brandon, let's take a quick break, and we're going to do a a fast lightning round after that break. Josh, let's talk about our friends at Starting Eleven, the live Premier League fantasy app for your iPhone or Android device. You can play this game for free or for cash prizes. Josh, do you love money? I do. Do you have have an iPhone or an Android device? I let me check my pocket. Yes, I have an iPhone. Oh, brilliant! So you can download and play Starting Eleven any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches. Pick your. How about Tuesday? Sure, do it Tuesday and do it Wednesday. Let's do it Wednesday. How about this Saturday? <laughs> and Saturday, <laughs> yes, any day in which there are two or more Premier League uh, uh, matches, you can pick your perfect eleven-man squad. Pick them from scratch. You have no budgetary restrictions. Starting eleven makes you lets you make substitutions on the fly in real time, just like you're a real life manager. Thousands of people are playing this game worldwide. They are competing for co- for cash and for pride. Josh, you, you you say you love money, but I know you I know you also play for pride. That's just who you are. That's true. That is true. Yeah, that's actually that my my FPL team name is Play for Pride. Uh, that's how much I believe in that approach. <laughs> and Brandon, I think what's important to note here, what's important to me and to you and to people listening, is that cash games are live now in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany for your phone. Uh, cash games are also live for Android devices in the UK, or just pick up the app and play for free wherever you are. Brandon, do not, I insist, do not waste your money gambling on things you don't understand, which is basically everything, Brandon, (laughs) except for fantasy. I've talked to you about many subjects, nothing, nothing clicks except fantasy. And so you really, you're a savant, you know, and, uh, you know, so so pick up the app and win some money playing uh, on Starting 11 and go to starting11.io to learn more. All right, we're back. Lightning round. Richard Nyko says, the one city player to own for game week 28 through 30. Now, Brandon, I, I will just note here that in game week 20 through 30, they play West Ham, 
Bournemouth, and Watford. Uh, two out of three of those at home. Uh, it's it's a tie, I think, officially between Aguero mm-hmm. and Sterling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might suggest why not both. Well, uh, you, I mean, would you be burning multiple transfers to bring them in? I mean, you know, it's it's hard to have them both uh, unless you're on like a wild card. Yeah, the, and the problem, of course, now is that we're in the mode of sort of clear clearing house for people who are blanking in, in 31. And right. now we can just free yeah. hit our Manchester City assets in for 32. Right. Um, so uh, cur- currently being with Aguero, I, I guess for mm-hmm. my personal team, Sergio Aguero seems like the one that I'm going to roll with. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I think that despite my slight concern about whether he starts the West Ham game, um, you know, you'd still want him for the Bournemouth game and the Watford game. And I don't know. Yeah, I think that I think that's true. I think Sterling is would be a great player to have, but it's I wouldn't be like doing major surgery to bring him in. You know, I wouldn't like burn four to rearrange my team to do it. Not not when they're about to not play in 31 and 33. Yeah. You know, it's just a little too tricky, I think. So. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, I'm also in the I mean, afterglow. I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but yeah. I just yeah. Sorry, say that again. I'm also in the afterglow of that in, in incredibly taken penalty to win the league cup, and then Pep yeah. just like embracing Raheem afterward, like he was his long lost yeah. son. Um, yeah, that's true. It was a great penalty. I, I totally agree. I mean, not quite as good as Hazard's penalty, which was extraordinary. <laughs> well, it was funny. It like <laughs> fluttered like a. It was a beautiful. Like a. Like he threw a pillow or something. I was standing next to our friend Danny, who is from Swindon. He, he's he's an Englishman, and I mm-hmm. kind of joked as Raheem was uh, stepping up. I was like, "Oh, you you love to see this an Englishman stepping up to take a penalty to win the cup. That 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 never goes wrong, does it?" Um, mm-hmm. but there, there Raheem, he, he just smashed it home beautifully. <laughs> All right. So we agree. I think Sané is, um, actually an interesting player, a little risky, you know, David Silva got subbed off early in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, that's possible. I mean, the problem is they play midweek and then again this weekend, do I think that David Silva plays three times in seven days? I don't, you know? So, I mean, he may play in those matches, but do I think he starts? I, I do not. I think his, so, his hair um, surgeon would yeah. recommend that he did not. Yeah, you know, KDB, uh, just he's too expensive. Uh, Bernardo Silva doesn't get enough fantasy returns. So I think it's, yeah, it's Sterling and Aguero. Um, even the defense, I think, is I'm a little worried about now without Laporte. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe John Stones. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't do that move. Um, so maybe Otamendi, actually. He's probably pretty locked into that team yeah, now. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Although he's super expensive. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Insani, if you want to take a little risk. Cool. We've successfully named every player that plays for Manchester City. So pick one, <laughs> pick one and move on. Next question right. comes from Nav555. Is it Harry Kane time? Uh, Kane looked, he looked great uh, against Burnley, even though Spurs mm-hmm. lost. He looked like he had missed a beat. Uh, yep. Yeah. Some minor concerns about what Spurs are up to generally, but Harry Kane looked good, really good. Yeah, and when he's when he looks good, he's kind of fixture proof. I mean, they played Chelsea and Arsenal in the next two, not not the easiest matches. Although he loves a derby, you know, mm-hmm. always 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 has. So um, I think it's fine. I mean, he's expensive, obviously. I still, I mean, I, we talked about this in a, in a podcast a couple weeks ago. Like, if you want to, you know, if you want to take some risks, you know, I think that getting someone like Kane early is is one way to do it. Um, you know, they don't play in gaming thirty one, so that's that is a one area of concern, but um, I still think maybe it's worth the risk. 
Yeah, it's just the the expense, and obviously we're going to have to drop Aguero, who we were just talking about, to make that work. I just don't see right. teams working with two premium strikers right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it can work. Yeah. I mean, I, I ain't ran with two premium strikers for a good long time, that's and true. it yeah. worked out really well. Yeah, so that's I, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's but that's the kind of approach you need sometimes. You know, when you're trying to catch up, you know, catch up ground. Um, Gordon says, uh, "Should I keep Aubameyang for one more week for Bournemouth?" Um, yes. And then he had a bo- stuck a bonus question there. He says, Ooh. are Aguero really likely to be rested versus West Ham, given 120 minutes of pens versus Chelsea? So, yes, you have to keep uh, Aubameyang. And, in fact, I think you, if you have Aubameyang, you have to seriously consider captaining him for this match too. Yeah. Uh, obviously, all the, the, the narrative surrounding the Lacazette European ban, it's not really in play this week, given that the second leg of that uh, Europa League mat, uh, tie isn't until next week. So, um, right. given that Aubameyang had a rest, you think that he's definitely nailed to start against Bournemouth. I totally agree with that. As for um, the Manchester City players, yeah, we kind of dwelled on that, and it's it's a concern. It's a concern. <laughs> yeah, it's a concern. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think the Bowman thing is like you just had to put your emotions aside. Yeah, it sucks if you captain him and he blanked, but it wasn't like he had a bad game. It, got, it looked like he could have scored a hat trick in the 13 minutes he was on the pitch, right? Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. every time he touched the ball, you were like, oh, he's going to score here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he was unsel- like, unselfish to a fault. I mean, he tried to pass it to Lacazette late. He had a pretty easy shot on goal himself. So, um, yeah, I think uh, if I had a Bowman, I'd captain him this game week. Next question is that Joe guy. Should we all calm down about the double game weeks until more fixtures are announced? Seems a bit of a guessing game at the moment. Joe, you're my kind of guy. Everyone just relax. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, will. We'll know, as you said earlier, Josh, we'll know so much more after the the what is it? The quarterfinals of the mm-hmm. FA Cup that will be played next. Yeah. And then then it's like basically all is revealed at that point in terms of <laughs> that's FTL. true uh, the the yeah the season has let down its hair officially at that point um so yeah i i agree i don't have anything else to say uh little jason says is it time to jump off the manchester united bandwagon we started to talk about this a little bit earlier obviously this is a big discussion and not one that that's easy to answer uh, to me pogba feels like a possible season keeper Right. Given yep. how mm-hmm. even in this even this very tough match playing against probably the toughest defense he's going to play the rest of the season. Uh, you know, he played very well, um, had a couple of big chances. Uh, I just really like him. He's also been rested a ton already this season. So you feel like he can just play and play and play. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, big on Pogba. Uh, Rashford, I still like. Um, I never totally like. Yeah, I never fell in love with Rashford. Maybe because I got on the bandwagon a little late. You know, you know how it is when you're like, when you're like the ninth out of ten people to jump on a bandwagon. You never truly yeah, love like, that player. Yeah, exactly. You're always kind of looking for a way out. You know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I, I but that, but the bandwagon to me, I mean, it really only extends to those two players, right? I mean, yeah. they have their their defense is is improving. Um, and you could consider that the defense for sure. And also but, consider the um, fact that they'll probably not be able to um, catch up to PSG in the second leg of their uh, Champions League tie. So that's right, Europe right. out of the picture in all of your yeah. concerns about rest and rotation might be put yeah. aside. So that that's a, not that yeah. Pogba will ever get rested or rotated, but. Defense probably is a little underrated, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, uh, you know, five clean sheets in the last seven matches, I think. 
Um, I don't really know anybody who has a Manchester United defender, though. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like you look up and down. I mean, I'm just talking like about our mini leagues and stuff like that. But uh-huh. I just, it feels like there is an advantage possibly, and and you know, picking up one of them. I mean, they have so they have this you know kind of interesting run. They, you know, they're another team that doesn't play in game week, um, you know, 31, uh, and, and in 33 actually for that matter. Um, so it, it, like, it's a, it's weird to look at their schedule. It's kind of hard to know what you're, yeah, but eventually you're going to get two double game weeks out of them, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I mean, you know, the first one will come when they play Watford and Wolverhampton in game week 32, uh, you're probably going to want, you know, two or three men, you know, players for that match. Um, and then they blank again and then they, they end the, they end the season in a pretty decent run too. So, um, I don't know. So it's not time to give up, I would say, but maybe, um, I mean, do you agree with me about Pogba? I do totally agree with you about Pogba as a season keeper. Um, Rashford yeah. is, I, I agree with you across the board. I'm just looking at their defense again, and I'm stunned to see that their highest rated FPL asset in the defense is Victor Lindelof. He scored more points yeah. than Luke Shaw, who, you know, had, had a certain amount of attacking prowess earlier in the season, but both him yeah. and shot 5.0 definite definitely worth considering yeah i mean lindelof hasn't played a ton of games this year too yeah. um so yeah final question from desperately seeking Dusen. he says what to do with sun um i'm not gonna let one game week throw me off too much i mean the kane thing is interesting but i mean sun got most of his great attacking returns with kane on yeah. the pitch with him yep so, yeah, and I mean, if you watch if you yeah. watch these matches, Kane is because he he's lost a fair amount of pace over the the recent years. He drops deep, and Son kind of plays off of his shoulders. So Kane is looking to collect the ball in the midfield and then put Son or somebody else through. And I, I think yeah. I think it serves to benefit Son on the whole. Son uh, watching that Burnley match, I felt Son just was off his game. He he didn't he yeah. looked poor. And that's, everyone's going to have a bad game. I think that was his. Exactly. I I, th- I feel the same way. I mean, it's you have to look at the whole body of evidence and not just one bad game week. And I mean, it's just you look at his returns. You know, especially when you bear in mind that he, you know, had one. You know, it's amazing by the way that he only missed one game week on the season. Um, you know, and then he he played in the Man United game. That was right before he left. I, I probably had one eye on the on the plane. You know, so. Um, but it's, I mean, he has one, one, two, three, he has five double digit returns going back to game week 16, um, 11 goals, seven assists in the season. It's been a you know, great season for Sun. So, I mean, if you were me, would you, would you consider transferring Sun out for a Man City midfielder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned Sané earlier today. And I think that's interesting because, you know, if you want to play that, the peptation game, Sonny does right. feel like he's he's gonna be starting against West Ham, but that yeah. said, feels kind of risky it, though, right? It, yeah, like, you're, it feels like you're overcomplicating things. Son is just a, as great an FPL asset as Sonny and any given day, regardless of the fixture. Yeah, and, right. and I think the more shrewd move is to hold Son as opposed to trying to get cute. I, I think so too, and it feels like um, it's it's one of those things where in the abstract you're like, I just don't want to be without a Man City player, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way, you know. Sometimes it just you just can't have them, you yeah. know. So, um, so yeah, I think that's and maybe you know, but and if I don't do it, then I then I 
can have two transfers going into game week 29 and uh and i could bring one in if i need to then well it was it's very much my process going into this weekend where as as i mentioned i i was without son who was heavily a, a captain pick without west ham coverage against fulham and without any arsenal attackers and i just decided it's what it's one game week I'll take the risk as to not dismantle the long-term plans that I'm setting up. I got lucky this game week, and and you can too. <laughs> I know we've talked about our own teams a lot on this podcast. Feels like so. Um, all right, Brendan, those are all the questions for this game week. As I mentioned before, uh, game week twenty-eight starts on Tuesday. Uh, we've got a nice little like appetizer round on Tuesday, like a bunch of bad matches, basically <laughs> like good, like good, good fantasy matches, but not like heavy hitter matches. Yeah. Uh, you have Cardiff, Everton, Huddersfield, Wolves, Leicester, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley. I think I'm going to have, let's see, five. I think I'm going to have five players on Tuesday and six on Wednesday. I'm going to have three in the Wolves game and and two in the Everton match. Basically an even split there, dude. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, yeah. the, the Wolves defensive double up rides again against Huddersfield. How many <laughs> times am I going to have to suffer through this this one? Let's see. I know you don't have. Know. Do you even have Patricio anymore? I do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I will have the same the same Wolves players for that game. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, and all the big captaincy shouts will be on Wednesday with Arsenal mm-hmm. at home to Bournemouth, Liverpool hosting Watford, and then City hosting West Ham. Um, uh, if I'm looking at my bus team right now, the armband is on Salah. Just just thinking about that performance he had against Watford right. last year. I feel like we have to clarify again, by the way, the bus team, a term that we coined uh, despite, despite what oh, you Oh, that made, is an always cheating others, original. Let's be <laughs> very clear about original. that, yes. But the idea of bus team, which uh, has, has taken off a life of its own, is basically if you get hit by a bus, uh, you better have that team set, Brian, because if you, if you miss – you know, a week and a half, you know, in some sort of coma or something. Yeah. Uh, heaven forbid your team is not set and ready to go. A, so Brandon, a it would be said, embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> B, you could lose ground so, in your mini league. So when you look ahead to game week 28, who is the captain on your bus team right yeah, now? Yeah, captain on my bus team is Mr. Mo Salah uh, at home. Who's your vice captain? Vice captain is Pogba. I think that is an ill. Same here. <laughs> Ooh, uh, eerie, eerie, eerie. <laughs> Very eerie. Um, I mean, all this talk about City against West Ham is getting me kind of excited about um, Leroy, but uh, that that's just kind of insane given uh, the fact that Leroy Sané has given me nothing in the last month, right. and you right. you have to earn that armband. Uh, yeah, I. It's true. I don't know what that game's going to look like. It's. Uh, I guess it'll just probably look like most of Man City's home matches, which is an easy four 0 win or something. Yeah, but I, yeah. Um, the the lineup could be interesting. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Yeah, I have I have Lacazette. It, it'd be tempting to captain him home to Bournemouth. I think there's maybe at least a chance he doesn't start in that one, especially with one eye towards the um, towards the North London derby at the weekend. So um, yeah, I'm leaning towards um, the same the same two players you are and. Um, you know, the only difference would be if I made a transfer to bring in someone I would think about captaining, but I, no one really sticks out right now. So, um, I mean, if I if I could bring in Sterling, but even then, I mean, Sterling played 120 minutes too, which makes me a little worried about about having him for for 28. So, um, yeah, I think I might just this might be a stay of the course middle of the game week and just like you know get through it yeah. and then use two transfers of the weekend yeah i was kind of hoping to do the same the laporte injury it either forces me to play ryan fraser in the midfield against arsenal which i wasn't planning to do um 
Or I think... Which it, could be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I shouldn't have a real issue doing that. I thought Fraser looked decent on, on the weekend, and they're really relying on him right now. He's on so many set pieces and corner kicks. Should have had an assist. Yeah, he should have. That was a weird one because, you know, that was a... I, I had to not play against my own team and think about my overall rank because Fraser... If, if King doesn't miss that penalty, Fraser gets three points. But then I lose one point on Darty and one point on Patricio. So I'm gaining three but losing two. Fraser, though, was a yeah. bit of a differential in terms of, you know, if you're looking at the top 25K. So I think on, right. on balance, uh, I would have... Probably would have gained more. Yeah. Well, obviously, would have had one more point. So yeah. just, <laughs> but you might have picked up some more bonus yeah, points he, too. He, he somehow managed one, to right? fish fish a bonus point out of that match, which just shows you how terrible everybody else was. Here's here's a curveball, <laughs> Captain, for you, uh, Mister Consistency himself, Raúl Jiménez, playing against mm. Huddersfield. That's not a bad shout. Yeah, uh, and he didn't play the full ninety either, right? He played, you know, he played eighty seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, away to Bournemouth, but um, yeah, I mean that's not a bad shout. I, I just, um, I don't know. I, he doesn't like get a lot of double digit returns, yeah. mm-hmm. which you know I think that's the. I like to try to captain somebody who I think can go off. But honestly, just Salah got taken off early in the Man United game. Yeah. He's at home to to Watford. I just, I just don't want to. I don't want to like overthink this one too much. Yeah. Do we want to touch upon the weekend's fixtures real quick for those who aren't? If you're not a Patreon subscriber and you're not getting a second podcast at the end of this week, you might want our insight as to... Let's uh, just... Why not just have them become a Patreon subscriber? Yeah, why don't you just become a Patreon <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. We can't talk too much about 29 yet. So yeah, if you become a Patreon subscriber, Brendan, I think you're on, you're on deck. I'm on right, deck, absolutely. A, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Wednesday or Thursday night, I'll be posting a a KTS episode for everyone. And uh, I'll post to Twitter and to Slack a call for questions right before I do that. So, um, yeah, look out for that. All right. Well, as we mentioned before, if you'd like to – geez, sorry. I just dropped a pen all over. I like hit every part of the microphone. Um, if you'd like to uh, support what we do, get access to our, our Slack uh, chat discussion, get access to the extra podcast every week, go to patreon.com slash always cheating to support the podcast. We genuinely appreciate everyone who supports the podcast genuinely. Uh, and uh, producer thank yous, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Street, Jacob Roberts, Carl Rest, Mussolini Granley, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, DeBig Gaffer, Danny Evans, Chris Howell, Rafael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne. Babas Kuhn, Tor Ferland, Husby Carmichael Esquire. We need a new one for him. Ben Grant, James Holland, and Matt Ritter. Thanks, guys. We have to say a special shout-out for Stephen Toomey, producer extraordinaire, and now the uh, champion of the Always Cheating Patreon Survivor League for the 2018-19 season. Bravo, oh, Steve. Did, oh, we should have put that at the top of the pod. Oh, I didn't realize that 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 was over now. Yeah, wow. well, we should give we'll we'll give, we'll give we'll crown Steven on the next episode, give him proper billing okay. at the top of the show. Okay. But, uh, right. That that was a long time coming. It was uh, quite a scrap down there. Congrats to him. Okay, so uh, if you want to keep up with Always Cheating, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere that you get your podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is or wherever it is that you subscribe. Give us a follow on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. It's Instagram at Hail Cheaters, Facebook.com slash always cheating. If you've got a, a longer message to send us, you're always welcome <laughs> to reach out via email, hailcheaters at gmail.com, 
or just visit our website, alwayscheating.com, where all that information is more is available to you. That's right. You got it. Uh, that was faster than usual. We did it quickly. Uh, credit. It was quickly. Yeah, exactly. Quite quick. So uh, good luck this game week. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Actually, I will not be back next week. I, I am I am traveling for work. We have a special guest. It's a very exciting special guest. I mean, do we want to reveal it out now or do we want to keep teasing it out a little bit longer, Brandon? Let's just say it's on you. let's let's just say that we our, our guest host is is none other than the FPL mayor Tom Campbell. Mm-hmm. Wow, I have, I have such a hard time saying that name. Camp Campbell Campbell um, <laughs> Campbell. <laughs> we'll get Tom to straighten me out. But uh, we've been a huge fan of Tom and his match of the day recaps on Twitter for a long time. He's a genuinely great guy, smart FPL manager, great insights yep. in the game, and just a fun, lovely chap. Yeah, we've been talking to him. Uh, you know, feels for years and years. Yeah, we obviously we met him in the UK, and uh, I think he's been a Patreon supporter going back to like almost the first month of Patreon uh, since we started doing it too. So. Uh, huge thank you to Tom. He's always been a really great guy and great for supporting the podcast. But he's also just a smart, cool guy, and I think he's going to do a great job and probably supplant me as the host of the podcast. <laughs> we'll see. We'll so, see. Yeah, excited about that. I'm excited to listen to that one. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, good week. Uh, good week. Good luck in the midweek. Uh, I guess I'm tired of talking now. But, uh, yeah, don't <laughs> – like so many uh, this past Friday, don't let that deadline slip by without you noticing. Uh, set your bus team. That's, right. That's a good start. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's uh, – it always I, – I know. I, I, I it had a weird moment on Friday where I was like – I was debating my transfer and I almost didn't make it because I just couldn't – decide what to do and i had like three there was like three minutes left to go and i was like oh god I wow to like three minutes make a that's, decision. that's very close that's uncomfortably maybe close was, maybe it was maybe it was 10 <laughs> minutes but it was it was near the it was very dangerously close to the deadline yeah all right well hail cheaters poku forever all that jazz sounds good see you soon brennan right. bye Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.